You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. Andy Wizard of Whiskey himself, Mr. Shanglock. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Look, for all you listen today, I'm not an idiot. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk, presented by BetUS. Here with your break from the high-resource pie propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Life is back on sports bettors, and it's Super Bowl week. BetUS has your NCAA, NBA, NHL, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year in live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with our promo code TTTT125. Customer service pros are ready to get your phone, social, and online sports betting kickoff started now. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry, BETUS. You bet you win, you get paid, BETUS.com. Joining me now, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Greetings and salutations, fellas. Good to be here, and man, cannot wait for our guest tonight. And the Wizard of Whiskey himself, Shane Light. That cork was in there, son. Um, That sounded interesting. Squeaky and poopy. We have a guest tonight? (laughs) Not anymore. Oh, that's how involved I am. So we got a special guest for you guys tonight. We'll get right into it. He is our Southern Miss baseball guru. Please welcome Rick Maddox. So, Rick, how are things going with the dugout club right now? Well, I am uh, happy to report that we're having a great year with the dugout club. Um you know, everybody uh, with the COVID situation has kind of tapped the brakes. And so we're very excited that that seems to be, knock on wood, um, moving through and that we now can plan on uh, membership growing. Uh, Keller Bradford is uh, our director of baseball operations, and he is just doing a wonderful job. Um, I would encourage all your listeners, uh, I know with with 10,000 of your listeners, if they would join the dugout club, that uh, we would have a definitely a new record. Uh, we we want to make sure they realize that you can join the dugout club uh, for as little as $100. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, and, and that gets you a, a new uh, Southern Miss hat. Coach Barry designs, uh, you know, the merchandise, and we always change the colors each year. So if you walk in and you have a hat, it's not a certain color. We may know, well, that was like four years ago. So <laughs> we, we make sure the new ones are, are going to be uh, are available. You can go by and uh, sign up for the dugout club with Keller at the uh, baseball office, uh, or you can do it online. Um, you know, we we start out with uh, uh, just a hat or a visor. Uh, then you can go. Uh, that's called a single. You can go to a double and get a hat and a visor. Um, then we have a triple where you get a hat and a visor and a polo. 
Um, and then the home run is a hat and a visor and a polo. And then also you get a, a really, really uh, cool USM baseball pullover. Um, and then we have our ultimate uh, gift as a grand slam uh, where you get all the above. Plus you get um, four pregame passes on the field. So oh, wow. uh, cool. yeah. I thought it was. Thought it was going to be Scott Buried come mow your grass or something. Like <laughs> well, you know, and the Grand Slam is $1,000. So I bet if, if we get members on that, you, he'll probably let you rub his head or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Rick, you mentioned that you can do this online. Um, uh, and if I'm not mistaken, you can also sign up at the Pete. Uh, I think there's a, there's a table set up right there um, down uh, right behind the first ble- first base bleachers, I think. Um I think I saw yeah, them set up last year, uh, taking up money, too, for the dugout club. Absolutely. Uh, if they don't want to do all that online, they can come to the first game. And when you walk through the gate, um, you know, right there down in the concession area, you'll see the dugout club uh, booth. And uh, also with our uh, Diamond Darlings there to, to help you um, uh, get your merchandise, make sure you get the sizes that fit. And uh, you'll be off and running and be able to wear your new swag at all the, the Southern Miss baseball game. We had some good news today, uh, a release coming from the athletic department that we have sold over, um, that we surpassed 2,500 total season tickets. It says the, the previous, the current season ticket number uh, continues to surpass the previous high of 1,771 set in 2020. So, this is a, an, an all-time high, apparently, for Southern Miss season tickets in baseball. Absolutely. Not only a high, but a big one. A big one, yeah. Yeah, a big one. And, and you know, we're still uh, almost uh, two weeks until the first game. Um, you know, since we're talking about season tickets, I would like to just uh, take a moment and encourage uh, everyone listening and friends and grandmoms and cousins and aunts and girlfriends and uh, to buy a season ticket. Um, when, when you really think about it, and, and I don't know if, if everybody's kind of looked at our home baseball schedule, but it's one of the, the most enticing home schedules we've ever had. Um, I, I'd like to mention a few of the teams that will be coming. Uh, you know, we open up with North Alabama. Um, right after that weekend, you got South Alabama, who is always a pain in our side. Um, <laughs> and then uh, they'll be coming here. We have Jacksonville State, uh, who has a really good baseball program. South Alabama comes back for a second time uh, in March, and they're followed by Tulane. And then we also have SEC Power Alabama will be here in March. Florida Atlantic for three games. Our uh, friends and brothers over in uh, Ruston, Louisiana Tech, <clears throat> um, who will be <laughs> over here for a little revenge match. Bump, we remember that trip together. We absolutely remember that trip. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, then we uh, have Southeastern Louisiana, who is always fun to play. We've got New Orleans coming here. Rice will be here for a three-game series. Old Dominion for three games, who was also, uh, I believe, was a regional team. And then on May 11th, Ole Miss be playing at Pete Taylor Park. I, I can assure your 
listeners that you will not be able to buy just a single game ticket for that game. Um, so don't wait to think, oh, I'll just buy an Ole Miss ticket. Go ahead to make sure you have a place. Go ahead and buy a season ticket um, and that you'll be able to know you already have your tickets for all 28 home games. We end up uh, in May with um, uh, UTSA San Antonio for a three-game series, which will be right before we have the conference tournament. I, uh, I double-check with the ticket office, and you can get a season ticket for as little as $190, and that's for 28 game, 28 home games. Again, with, with Ole Miss, Alabama, uh, Tulane, South, all these teams coming here, and if I did my math that my uh, third-grade teacher was helping me with, um, that's just under about $6.75 for one for a ticket. So under $7 per ticket, you can have 28 home games in your pocket and you won't have to worry about the hassle of, can I get a ticket? Oh no, we're sold out. Oh no, I just want to buy one game ticket. So this is the time that I, I, I wish we would sell 5,000 season tickets that would be my goal is that that we want everybody at pete taylor park to have a season ticket then you never have to worry about that at a price per game that's cheaper than a fast food combo <laughs> yeah. well i was gonna say maybe maybe for some but i know some that are uh oh. 15 for sure right? well yeah, yeah oh, definitely baseline mr that, rick i can put 20 dollars a taco bell down and and not even blink <laughs> I don't know that we have a listener that can eat for under six dollars. <laughs> so. Hey, the the Nobody let me turn you on. Best kept secret in fast food: the Wendy's five dollar biggie bag. <laughs> okay, is that still a thing? That, yeah. I ate one for lunch today. Oh, oh nice. right. uh, a shameless plug for Wendy's there. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, you know, if, if people really just stop and think about it, yeah, you may not even be able to come to all the games. But you can buy uh, t- 28 tickets for $190 and not have to worry about it. So go by the ticket office, tell them you heard it uh, on on uh, to the top top, and that um, you would like to get a season ticket, and we would really appreciate it. And you know, another thing too is uh, you know I believe season ticket holders and you know Eagle Club members get the get the you know first preference when it comes to regional tickets as well absolutely yeah and uh you you know again we're gonna have the conference usa tournament here uh i I know everybody is gonna enjoy that at pete taylor Park. that's one of the best venues we we have uh for our conference and uh, you know this will be the last time you'll be able to have conference usa tournament here so you know get your season tickets get in line for the conference and jump on board of Southern Miss baseball this year. Well, that little like replica stadium they built in Ruston is is nice. It's just tiny. Yeah, you know when we first got there, you know Bump and I were thinking that we were at a t-ball park. I I didn't know what. We were. <laughs> and, and a t-ball park that does not serve beer. <laughs> in Louisiana. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, for goodness sakes. 
We were able I feel to like, find something beforehand anyway. You've got to pass a law in Louisiana to ban the sale of alcohol somewhere. So I feel like they went through <laughs> extra effort to make sure beer was not available. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I, I know the Rick, I know one of the things that the fans are really excited about are, are some of the enhancements uh, at Pete Taylor Park. I mean, we've already kind of gotten a little bit of a taste of what's going on with the lighting, but can you shed a little light about the improvements going on at the Pete? Yes, absolutely, and uh, no pun about the lights also. Uh, I, I, the people are, are going to be blown away when they come to the night games. Um, I happened to be there one day and was talking to one of the physical plant guys, and he kind of put it to me like this. He said, you know, let's assume that your candle watt, you know, lighting is at right now with our old lights is, let's just say it's at 500. Well, with these new LED lights, it's going to be so bright. It's like at 1500. So they would actually, he said that at some point we'll have to turn them down a little bit because they'll be so bright. So it's, it's really going to be a game changer for us. And, you know, I'm so grateful, uh, the university and coach Barry is, is um, you know, getting those new lights and they're here, they're installed. We don't have to worry about it. We've already been practicing under the lights. Um, but I think the fans are really going to notice a huge difference with that. Um, we also, uh, when you come into Pete Taylor Park, you look over in the left field and you'll see um, on our uh, Lamar billboard uh, that we have a new vinyl. We're able to change the vinyls out on that billboard every year, thanks to our good friends over at Lamar at Advertising. And um, the new vinyl is just awesome. It looks great. I, I know the people will really enjoy seeing that. Um, we had to get new netting this year from the, it goes from first base to third base uh, around home plate. Uh, that old netting uh, w- was something like me is like an old dinosaur. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think it had more, uh, uh fungus on it than it did net but uh you know so it it just got too many holes and had to be replaced so so that has uh is is another standout feature that will be noticed they've been able to do a little painting um it's amazing what a little paint will do on some of those handrails and and walk areas that you're going to notice that it's nice and clean and fresh and um uh, I, I will mention that I, I'm hearing about the scoreboard and that some of the work is um, in process. Um, I'll, I'll defer to, to the university to talk more about the scoreboard, but I I know um, that it, it will just, you know, kind of be the final touch to this season uh, to have that new scoreboard out there. Well, uh, you know, you can't talk about baseball without talking about the players. But, you know, first we kind of have to touch on some of the players that we lost. I mean, particularly starting on the mound. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, some of the Golden Eagles that aren't going to be back, but but what we can expect in their, their place? Uh, sure. On that, uh, I, I think, Jamie, which, what we what we do know is, I mean, you can never replace a, a Hunter uh, Stanley. Uh, Walker Powell, Ryan Ott, and Reed Trimble. I mean, those are those are big hits. Um, y- you know, Walker Powell was was with our team for I think uh, 15 years. That he was here so long. <laughs> uh, so 
uh, it's really hard to to uh, miss him. The the thing you we always knew about Walker is you know he was going to be out there seven or eight innings. Um, you know it was always strike one. Uh, he always got ahead. Uh, not not one pitch that would just uh, blow everybody away, but he always had a fastball, curveball, change up, fixed it up, and uh, was just an outstanding pitcher. Uh, Hunter Stanley, you know, with his first role of, of uh, starting for Southern Miss, just really uh, was eye-opening. He uh, watch him grow as a man and and uh, what he did on the mound for us. I mean, he's just a bulldog and a competitor. You know, you you just had to almost blow him off the mound to get him out of there. Um, but but those guys, those are hard innings. You know, you you look up in the seventh or eighth inning every time with those guys, and then. You know, Ryan Knock came in and and uh, was just lights out. I mean, we haven't had a guy, you know, throwing like that uh, from the left side in a long, long time, and he's certainly going to be missed. Um, we we do get to see him. They've come back. Uh, well, uh, Hunter was here, and Ryan Knock is now living here, so they're able to um, you know hang out with the team, the players, uh, encourage the the new guys, and so that's been really good. But then you look at Reed Trimble, you know, just to watch him grow when he first came in. I mean, he was a, a speed guy and, and uh, a tremendous athlete. I don't think anybody ever thought that, you know, he'd be, the, uh, you know, have that kind of power uh, that, he, that he had. And then he, you know, again, most people don't realize that, you know, he developed into a center fielder. You know, he didn't come here in that role as a center fielder and, and, uh, you know, he just got better and better and better. Um, so, shortstop in high school, I believe. Yeah, yeah, shortstop. And, you know, his dad used to say, well, he, he played just about every position, I think, but maybe catcher or whatever. But, uh, you know, and then being a switch hitter. So that that his uh, offensive prowess plus the defense, which is, is going to be hard to replace. On the good side, I, I think, you know, what you're going to see out of Southern Miss this year is depth. Um, you know, we, we've got a, a, a mature team, you know, led by our three captains. You know, you, you got Drew Boyd coming back, uh, Will McGillis and um, Danny Lynch. You know, we've got three captains, which to my knowledge, probably the first year that we've ever had three. And, you know, those guys are leaders. Um, I think, you know, we know what to expect with them. I, I know in watching them in the fall and then already we're, we've been scrimmaging, um, can see a difference in Will and Danny and Drew. You, you know, just the way that the team, you know, they're, they're, they're more experienced and it, it's showing on the field. I, I don't, I'd be shocked if we have the kind of slow start that we had last year. Um, I guess shock would, would be one word, but I'd also be mad if we do that too. <laughs> Yeah, I've already told all the players, you know, they'll be in my doghouse. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I think that's going to be one of the differences in our team. You, you, you know, I, I'm, I would assume Gabe is, is going to be our leadoff guy. And, you know, as you know, this year, uh, Gabe's brother, Rodrigo, um, is here. Uh, and uh, he's been catching. Um, our fans are going to be blown away when you see uh, Gabe's brother bat. You're going to swear that's Gabe batting mm-hmm. again. I mean, they, they have the similar build, similar stance, sweet swing. 
um, you know, they, they know how to hit. So uh, that's going to be fun to watch the, the brothers play this year. Um, I, I think, you know, to, to focus now on the pitching staff, um, you know, I, I, I would like to share uh, Hurston Waldrop. You know, he pitched a little bit last year uh, in relief. And yeah, he th- I, throws 1,000 miles per hour. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that. Last, uh, you know, last week they did have a scrimmage, and so we were just kind of all sitting there, just saying, "Okay, what's he going to hit? What's he going to hit?" You know, is it 93, 94, 95? And so first pitch he threw was 99, and everybody said, "What?" You know, 99. And then the second pitch was 99, and the third pitch was 99, and the fourth, and it's like he struck out the side on nine fastballs. So. Um, after he got through, there was a scout behind us. And I, I said, what did you have him on? And, and, uh, he said he had him at 99 also. So that is going to be electric. Um, you know, I, I will say Hurston is just, he works so hard. He's so dedicated. Um, you know, the, the strength trainer had mentioned to me that, that Hurston Waldrop is the hardest working player on our whole team, you know, and, you know, he just lives and breathes and nutrition and anything he can do, you know, to, to get his arm stronger. He does long toss about like bump hitting a driver, you know, it, it's just uh, like in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> That's what From, the women's tees? <laughs> From the women's tease. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I was saw him one day at practice and he, he was like standing in a right field foul pole or right next to it and throwing it to the left field foul pole. Mm. And I'm like, how far is that? He said, Oh, it's like 400 feet or something like that. I said, my gosh, that's unreal. So, you know, he's certainly going to be fun to watch this year. Um, You know, our, our big boy, uh, Tyler Stewart, Mm. you know, also, also throws a thousand miles per hour. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And he's a starting uh, center on the basketball team this year you know he's, sure. <laughs> he's like six foot nine and he's 250 pounds i mean you know he's just um a statue out there that just uh can he play right tackle <laughs> you know he told me he played three sports in high school and he said you know he he played uh baseball basketball of course but he also played football and that he was a wide receiver Oh, good Lord. And I said, no way. I said, you know, I couldn't see you out there at wide receiver against a little 5'9", 170-pound D-back, you know. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, Coach Hall, if you're listening, you can't have him. You can't have him. Uh, <laughs> we so, really so. needed him the first half of last season for a little help on <laughs> yeah, the line, true. actually. Yeah, yeah. I feel well, good know, about mentioned, going forward. Uh, no you comment. Mentioned Tyler. No comment. We're talking uh, about baseball here. Yeah, well, Rick, so what I've heard is that Tyler is also strictly going to that two-seam fastball. Um, you know, uh, he, he threw hard last year. Um, yeah. You know, mixing in that – or getting control of a two-seamer when you can throw it that hard, especially coming from that angle, um, you know, is is going to be super beneficial if he can locate. Oh, I, I no question. And, and you know, he, he's really worked on a, a slider and his changeup. Um, you know, one of the things the coach, uh, Ostrander does is, is, you know, he really talks to them about mixing their speeds. You know, if you just throw fastballs, you know, in, in our league and our players, I mean, they can hit it. You have to change speeds. And 
you know, having uh, some knowledge about hitting and, and uh, from the old days uh, with Mark, uh, you know, just uh, the changeup can be that pitcher's best pitch if they would just buy into it. And he's really uh, emphasizing that this year with them, too. And I think uh, noticing that the players are, are uh, using a changeup a lot more and, and getting in that batter's head. So he's just not sitting there thinking everything's going to be hard. Um, you know, I want to mention uh, some of our, our our go-to guys. Ben Etheridge is just, you know, Ben Etheridge. You know, when you watch him pitch, he, you know, he reminds me of, of a professional, you know, Greg Maddox. Um, throws harder than Greg Maddox, but, you know, he, he just throws his pitch. He knows what he's doing. He has poise. He's, his command is wonderful. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure Ben's going to be, a, a, you know, a, a weekend guy for us for sure. Tanner Halls had a really good uh, spring. We, we remember what, what Tanner did to the Rebels last year, and he has such movement on his ball. It, it's just hard to uh, really uh, get a good swing on it. One guy that you all will see new this year is uh, Hunter Riggins. Uh, Hunter transferred from Delta State, um, and uh, I believe he's like a fifth-year graduate <laughs> uh, student, and from what I understand is he wanted to um, play Division One, and uh, called down and, and spoke with the coaches, and we said, love, love to have you, and here he is, and I have really been impressed with him. He reminds you a lot of Walker Powell. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he's got three pitches. He throws them all for strikes at any time. Uh, but he's also very, very mature. Um, I remember sitting by him one day at a scrimmage and just kind of picking his brain and what are you thinking here? What do you think? What would you do? What? And, you know, he just is always way ahead of, of uh, most of the young freshman pitchers that we have. So uh, I think Hunter Riggins is going to be a valuable asset force um uh from from a starting pitcher aspect um we've also got i'd say six seven relief pitchers that we know are coming back uh you know drew boyd will, will probably be a starter but he may do a little bit in the pen too because um, he's got the kind of arm that he could probably come in midweek and then still pitch on sunday um you, you know um uh, uh, Matt Adams will be back. Uh, Matt ate up a lot of innings. Um, we got, um, let's see, I was thinking of uh, Chandler Best from the left side, um, uh, Justin Storm from the left side, Blake Weehunt. You know, one thing that, that's been interesting to me is the fact that so many guys are now throwing in the 90s. You know, it used to be, you know, if you had one, it's like, wow, you know, uh, and now, you know, it's probably seven or eight are throwing 90s. It's just, you know, uh, they've really uh, having our, our own weight room. Uh, I have to give uh, Coach Todd Makovica. <laughs> I hope I didn't butcher it up, Todd. That was better than uh, we could do it. <laughs> that's pretty close. Uh, <laughs> uh, but he is just a beast, and they, these guys work hard. He doesn't care if you're a pitcher, a position player, a catcher. You are going to work. And he's not going to let you wimp out on it. So it, it's definitely paying dividends. Um, from the, the closing type role, uh, you know, we've got a, 
Garrett Ramsey coming back, you know, certainly Garrett can be unhittable, you know, and when he's, when he's on his game and, um, you know, coming back another year, I think he's going to, you know, figure things out. I'm real excited about him. Uh, I think he's could be, uh, you know, a Nick Sandling type guy if, if he gets it all together. Um, you're going to notice that, um, uh, a couple of other of the relief pitchers, uh, that will be coming in. Um, I mentioned, uh, Justin Storm, but we had a couple others, uh, freshman Nico Mazza. Um, uh, you know, Nico's from, uh, MRA and Jackson and Nico is going to be one of those young freshman guys that will get some action this year. Uh, look for him to be throwing, you know, 92, 93 from the right side and, and also mixing in, uh, a very good, uh, slider. So, um, from a pitching standpoint, I think we're going to be fine. Um, we, we got one more transfer to mention and that's, uh, Landon Harper. Um, he transferred in from PRC, a right-handed guy, uh, throws in the nineties. Uh, Three pitch guy, uh, look for him to come in in the seventh, eighth, ninth inning, uh, along, uh, with Dustin Dickerson. You know, we, we're going to be using Dustin Dickerson, uh, a lot more out of the bullpen this year. And, um, so I, I think we're going to be fine from the mound and then, uh, let the offense score some runs and see what happens. Well, go ahead, Bob. No, oh, I was just going to say, um, I mean, well, first of all, Rick, I mean, do you have any idea who the Friday night guy might be? And also wanted to get your thoughts on going back to three game weekend sets as opposed to that nine, seven, seven, nine that we had last year. <laughs> yeah, that was bizarre for sure. Yeah, it was, it was a long Saturday, <laughs> which is not a bad thing, right? No. <laughs> well, that, well, well, actually, that made Sunday even even longer. Yeah, <laughs> true, true. You, you know, I, I would have to say, and I certainly uh, uh, don't know what the coaches are, are planning on doing, but, uh, you know, I knowing what the, how they somewhat think, I would think Ben Etheridge would be the one that would probably be knocking on the door for Friday and, and possibly uh, Hunter Riggins uh, being right there. And then, you know, you got to look at Hurston Waldrop and Tyler Stewart. So, I mean, I don't know. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting. It may, you know, take a couple of series to figure it out. Plus, you know, you got your weekday games that are going to be so important. Um, you know, Tanner Hall, they know what they got with Tanner, too. So, you know, I, I don't know. I wouldn't want to, to say this guy's for sure going to be the Friday guy or not. But uh, I would say... Uh, Ben Etheridge, if if I had a guess, would probably be the the one that gets the ball first. Well, let's go around the horn a little bit. Um, you know, starting off with the the catcher position, you obviously got uh, Blake Johnson and and Rodrigo Montenegro. Is that going to be the two that we're going to see bouncing in and out behind the behind the uh, home plate? Yeah, I I think that's it. Uh, you know, Blake comes back and and he's healthy and he's stronger and. Uh, another year of experience. I look for Blake to have a really big year. And then, um, uh, Rodrigo will be able to, uh, fill in. And, you know, I don't know what the coaches are thinking if, if they're going to do every other game or, 
uh, weekend game or the Sunday off or, you know, I'm not sure how they'll do the rotation. And um, I, I guess Osarge is still kind of our emergency catcher, although uh, Danny Lynch uh, caught some in the fall as an emergency catcher uh, also. But I'm, I'm be hopeful that we don't have to go to number three or four uh, like the football team had to do. <laughs> for sure hey but i tell you what if, if danny lynch does have to get behind the uh, behind the plate please let it be during that latex series <laughs> no comment no comment that, 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 that would definitely be worth 190 bucks for there sure. you go there you go uh but you wanted to go around the horn so you know we have to look at first base and um you know certainly sarge uh, uh, Nail down the starting position over there, I would say. Um, but we do have a couple of, of freshman guys that are, are getting some time over there. Um, uh, Matthew Russo uh, from uh, Madisonville, Louisiana, uh, a big six foot three, 248-pound freshman, bats left-handed. And then also another big freshman, uh, Evan Radford, is playing some first base, 6'4" about 215 from Hoover, Alabama. So, uh, you know, it's good to, to see some of the freshmen. Uh, you know, they don't have to come in and play immediately. Uh, they can kind of figure things out. But uh, those two big boys will certainly be uh, somebody to look at in the future. Uh, I think Captain McGillis uh, will certainly uh, be at second. Uh, he's really looked good. He's hitting the ball well. He, um, you know, we... You know, he and Danny and Sarge, I, I really look for their leadership to be uh, at the plate also where, um, you know, they're going to be more consistent. You know, that's the one thing that probably bit us a little bit. You know, we mm. we couldn't have three or four guys have a slump at the same time. And, and I don't believe that's going to happen. I think all of those guys are going to be more consistent. Uh, backing up Will, uh, we've got a couple of players. Uh, you remember Brady Faust? Uh, Brady Faust is back. Um, he's gotten bigger, stronger, uh, another 10 pounds of muscle from Brady. He's really hitting the ball hard. Uh, he may get a little DH time or certainly some replacement. Um, but he's, he's one of our speed guys also. So I could see Brady coming in late and stealing a base or, even uh, his bats may get him in the lineup a lot more uh, with, with either playing second base or coming in as a, a DH. Uh, behind uh, Brady is Casey Artigues, uh, you know, from Hammond. Uh, Casey's dad is the AD at Southeastern. So um, I tease Casey about how, you know, he's seen the light and came to Southern Miss and get out of there or the Southeastern line. So, uh, <laughs> Casey is another uh, second base, you know, smallest guy, but he handles the bat well and, and again, a speed guy. So should Coach Barry decide to uh, steal some more bases this year, uh, then then I think we've got some speed that can do it. You know, Dustin Dickerson will come back as a solid, solid shortstop. Uh, I would think, you know, when you see Dustin, if you haven't seen him at all this year, I know he's put on about 15 pounds of muscle. Um, he's hitting the ball way harder. I know he worked hard in the fall with his dad 
and the coaches. Uh, so Dustin Dickerson will be, you know, shortstop and then coming in. Backing up Dustin is another freshman, uh, Creek Robertson. You can't have a better mm-hmm. name than Creek at shortstop. Uh, you know, he was in Madison Central, um, slick fielding shortstop, probably the, the best fielding high school shortstop in the state last year. And we're very uh, fortunate to have Creek come to Southern Miss. Um, he's learning uh, how to handle the bat in Division One, and um, but I I could see Creek being a defensive guy late in the games, and then oh, uh, uh, Captain Lynch over at third is just better and better every year defensively and offensively. Um, you know I I know he'll be in the lineup and be starting at third. Um, he does have a, a backup. Um, they've got a, a transfer, Matt Cedarberg, uh, from the College of Central Florida. Matt's a right-handed batter um, that is really uh, coming on with his bat. I, I could see him getting some DH time. Uh, another tidbit from uh, Rick Maddox's worthless information <laughs> is that uh, Matt's dad is also <laughs> a scout with the Rockies. Oh, wow. Oh. And and you may know that Dustin Dickerson's dad was a, a coach last year with the Padres. He sure. ended up with the third base coach um, when their manager got released um, that uh, Bobby Dickerson uh, still had a contract uh, for another year. So uh, they could either pay him. Or he could just watch Dustin play. And uh, he shared with me that he uh, decided to go with the Philadelphia Phillies. So. Uh, Bobby will be leaving this weekend uh, to go to uh, get with the Phillies. But it is unusual that we have two major league uh, uh, dads uh, that are uh, involved with our son, their sons here. Hey, Rick, uh, real quick, you mentioned that Robertson would probably will be the backup at shortstop. <clears throat> would you think that Robertson would come in when Dickerson is on the mound? Yes, I do. I, okay. I think there's no doubt about it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he can handle that position uh, today. Uh, if something happened to Dustin, I wouldn't uh, have any thoughts about him defensively uh, stepping up and, and playing shortstop for us. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's for sure the game plan uh, that will free up uh, Dustin. And uh, he's not having to take so many ground balls and practice and uh you know he's he's realizing he's you know older and you know he can save his arm a little bit on making all the throws every day at at practice that kind of gets us to outfield now outfield is going to be a a fun time you know uh they're they are not again as we speak as i say (laughs) you know uh it 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 looks so um we got to start with center fielder to try to find somebody to replace Reed. And uh, it looks like right now that Gabe is going to be in center field. Um, so it'd be a little bit different. Uh, you know, you, you may have to look hard and fast to find Gabe out there because, you know, because of his size, you know, we'll get him to wave or do something for him. <laughs> uh, but, but uh, you know, we've got a, uh, some depth out there and, and, uh, you know, if need be, uh, Carson Pado, uh, who played last year, he was on, well, he was on the uh, team. He was a redshirt freshman from Van Cleve. 
and we were very fortunate to get him here. He's a tremendous athlete. Uh, he's six foot three, 210 pounds, bats left. Um, and, uh, so he is, is certainly somebody that could play in the outfield as a backup to center, um, or could play in left or right if need be. Um, looking at right field, you know, we have, uh, competition there. Uh, Reese Ewing is back. And, and I want to give Reese a shout out that he is really, you know, hitting the ball well, uh, this spring and, and the fall. I think another year, um, uh, of him playing here at Southern Miss, he's just going to have a big, big year. Uh, I would say right now, Reese will probably be in, in uh, right field, or he could be in left field. Um, but he does, you know, handle that position well, and, and we're lucky to have him there. Um, you know, that brings you to, you've got um, Slade Wilkes. Uh, we all know what Slade's capable of and can certainly play uh, right field. Um, but he, he's also getting a lot of work in at DH. And uh, no question that, you know, Slade's power is probably, you know, one of our biggest power guys ever to play at Southern Mill. And uh, he's figured some things out uh, in talking with him. I know we went off and played this summer. But he also um, figured some things out in the fall. And, you know, when, when you're a hitter and you finally – figure some things out. I mean, he's hit some, some home runs already in, in the spring and he just hits moonshots. You know, they, we lose them out there in the, the pine trees or they would have hit the Catholic church. So, uh, <laughs> I look for Slade to really have a big year. Um, uh, and, and I know he's certainly capable of it. Charlie Fisher, old fish is, is back. Um, DH and playing left field. You know, Charlie is just a steady Eddie, and uh, I know he's going to do very well uh, for us, whether he's dh or playing left field. We've, we've got a guy, I'm kind of only a little sleeper because uh, uh, his name is Bryce Fowler. He came in from Germantown High School. Oh, yeah. Uh, not of Tennessee, but the one in Jackson or Madison. And uh, originally, uh, coaches were mentioning him as a, a dual player, pitcher and an outfielder. Well, in, when the fall came around, uh, I kept saying, where's that Bryce Fowler guy? Where? Well, he got COVID, so he wasn't there for a while. Then it was like, well, where is he now? Where is something else? And so one day out there, they, they were uh, having BP, and this guy started shagging balls out in center field. And, you know, he was just running like a gazelle. He was just effortlessly you know, look like Reed Trimble out there. And I said, my gosh, who is that? And they said, that's Bryce Fowler. And it's like, <laughs> well, you don't need to worry about him pitching. You know, you need to put him out in the outfield, let him try to win a job. <laughs> and uh, then you see him at the plate and he just has a really smooth left-handed swing. Uh, so I, I think you're going to see him somewhere uh, helping out throughout the season and coming in late or uh, pinch hitting and doing some things. But, I think he could really have a bright future for us. I'm buddies with his uncle, Brad. So it's good to hear good to hear he's doing well. Oh yeah, okay. Uh-huh. You well, know, I'm getting so I'm old that, that that I now know the people who coach all these guys <laughs> we're talking about. Because the because the head coach at Germantown is the guy that I played uh I, I played with in ju- in junior college. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, uh I, I my story, the one that I heard about him is that, you know, we got on him late and 
he happened to be playing over at William Carey and just had a wonderful tournament over there. And, and uh, our coaches said, hey, we got something over here. And, uh, you know, as they say, the rest is history. So uh, I look for him to really be a, a player uh, not only this year but in the future too. You've touched on some of these freshmen. What? Who do you kind of see being the, or, or even newcomers? Who do you see being the the, the standout newcomers on the the team this season? Well, uh, you know, I think you're going to notice Creek Robertson playing. You know, no question when he starts making some of those defensive plays. Um, Nico Miza, uh, you know, being a pitcher is going to come in, and um, you know, it, it's just so hard. You know, whether it's football basketball, baseball, you know, to come in as a freshman and and start. Uh, and I'm glad we don't have to. But, you know, I, I, I feel very, um, you know, like I mentioned, uh, Russo and, and Radford are, are two guys that, you know, they get a couple of chances and some things happen, you know, you never know. Uh, it's kind of what I remind the parents of uh, going through that ourselves, where, you, you know, you just get a at-bat and something goes good and you may get another one and another one. And mm-hmm. next thing you know, you're in there for the rest of the season. So it's a, it's a learning curve uh, and they have to be patient. You know, everybody, you know, as, as we always say, they all batted in the three hole and, and were the starting shortstop and starting pitcher. And now they're sitting on the bench. So, you know, you just have to take, be ready when your time comes. It looks like, uh, you know, the athletic department kind of teased it, but it looked like, looks like we've got some new jerseys this season. Oh, I don't know. I haven't seen that. I'm, I'm not on the fashion detail. That that's more Bump's job than. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get the the the. It's a it's a different Southern Miss script. It looks oh. like it's a white. Um, with yeah, the, with the uh, with the V neck, almost like a nine, almost like a mid '90s throwback. You know, with the um, the the stripes on the V neck. Um, uh-huh. Looks great. I've seen it now. Um, you know, I think our uniforms are great. I match our uniforms with anybody in the country. And, you know, it's always nice to, uh, you know, keep adding uh, to the closet. Well, you know, Rick, I got one thing that I, I've just got to know if you have any insight on. And for, for all the listeners out there, if you come to a Southern Miss baseball game and you see uh, down that right field line where Mr. Rick sets up right beyond the right field foul pole, you know, whenever there's an error, the boots come over the fence. Uh, oh, well, they don't come over the fence anymore. You wave the boots. Yeah, um, wave the boots. And, and there, there's the Chucky doll. There's the I mean, through the years, there's been so many added. But every single year, there's a brand new one that's never revealed until the beginning of the season. And I tried to get it out. Of our boy John, uh, <laughs> and he just would not let the cat out of the bag. So, do you have any insights or any or any guesses as to who the the new fathead might be this year? You couldn't get enough Yinglings and John Smith to spill the beans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you. That's a good start, Shane. You. That's a good try. Anyway, I would tell you how secretive John Smith is. My beautiful wife Terry, we. Uh, <laughs> We tried to get that information out of John uh, last week, and he calls her mama, and he said, Mama, I, I, can't, I don't tell anybody that. So it, it is just um, in him. He's the only one that knows what's happening, and all we could do is just tell your listeners 
to come out to the right field foul pole. They need to come see all the, the display of the fatheads. Mm-hmm. You know, we we uh, know that a lot of people don't even know what goes on out there in right field. And we do want to encourage everybody to come out there and walk and see what's out there because, you know, tradition has it that now uh, after you're a winner, your, your fathead is attached to the back of the right field wall. Right. So, you know, if, if they didn't know who the fathead was last year, uh, we're happy to say it was Gabe Montenegro. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have some beautiful pictures of with Gabe, mom and dad, uh, crying with the award that their son won. The uh, Fathead <laughs> Award is probably the biggest moment of their life. And, and uh, so now it will be permanently attached to the back of the fence. But you have to wait to the first home game. And uh, Mr. John Smith will unveil the Fathead for 2022. Very nice. So, hey, February the 18th, that's a Friday. 4 p.m. against North Alabama. Uh, Rick, what are you expecting to see out of these Golden Eagles to start off the season? You know, I, I think, Jamie, the things that's going to be different this year is uh, because they're an older team and, and more mature. We really didn't lose but one position player. So, you know, the guys are back. The hitters are back. Um, I think they're going to be more consistent. I, I know they're ready to play. They're tired of facing their same guys that they know what they can't hit and the you know i always tease uh coach osterhander about when you're calling pitches in our scrimmages are you calling the pitch that your pitcher needs to work on or are you calling the pitch because you think our batters can't hit that pitch or what team are you on when you're doing all that <laughs> <laughs> he never will tell me so maybe uh you guys can get it out of it. he's but, on team pitcher i would bet <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah i would bet too uh, but I, I just think it's going to be a situation where we're going to come out swinging. Uh, I, I, Coach Barry has so many options uh, offensively, defensively, and on the bump. Uh, no, no pun there, <laughs> Jason. Uh, but, you know, I will also say, um, as an outsider looking in, that, um, you know, you better perform because there's a lot of guys that want mm. that job. Sure. <laughs> It would not be a good time to go for, you know, like 0 for 20 to start the season or <laughs> or you come in and walk, you know, the first five batters. You may never get out the, on the hill again. So um, I, they demand a lot. And uh, but the coaches know they've got other guys that can do the job. So, um, you know, they baseball is kind of one of those sports where you're not out there trying to be the best friends with everybody. Uh, you're going to put the best players out there to give you a chance to win. And I, I know uh, all of our coaches uh, will be doing that. Well, J- Jason, did you have a question? No, I was just adjusting. Okay. You make the noises. <laughs> and Rick, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. And give us one last plug for the uh, for the dugout club. Uh, absolutely. Can't do that too many times. We, we thank you for that, too. Uh, the dugout club is so special because every penny that is earned from the dugout clubs goes to baseball. You know, it's just, if you want to help Southern Miss baseball, you join the dugout club. It, it can't be any simpler than that. You don't, every, all the money goes there. You get to, uh, wear your, 
uh, attire around, and you know that you're helping the baseball team. And I know the coaches, the players, the parents uh, appreciate everything that you do. And I've told your listeners year after year, and I want to say it one more time, is you can get involved with Southern Miss baseball. All you have to do is just come out. We'll plug you in. We will let you meet the players, the parents, the grandmas. You know, we we have parents that have moved to Hattiesburg after their sons have played here because of the special atmosphere we have with Southern Miss baseball. It, it's, you know, the parents tell me it's unlike any other school they've ever visited. And, you know, the the uh, biggest compliment we can get is how the parents can move from some other city to Hattiesburg because of uh, the, the situation we had at baseball and the atmosphere and the players, the coaches, the town. Uh, it's just special. And sometimes we just take it for granted. It is very, very special. All right. That was Rick Maddox. Before we continue, let's a word from our sponsor, Bet with the three decade leader, BetUS. Join now with a 125% bonus by using our promo code TTTT125 or a 200% bonus with crypto by using our promo code TTTT200. Bet sports, casino, horses, pop culture, and more at BETUS.com. You bet, you win, you get paid. Bet us so we are approaching the the biggest betting weekend of the year of course it is super bowl sunday coming up this weekend guys do you have a prediction for this game i don't but i have a hope that uh, i have a hope that it's going to be a good game i have a hope that the Bengals. i mean, you know i'm i'm going Bengals just because i'm underdog guy and I think I'm Joe Burrow guy now, which sounds so weird because he played in that league. But I like him. And uh, and and we have some friends who are huge Bengals fans, and I've kind of like jumped on that bandwagon. So it's not a prediction. It's kind of – but I am looking forward to it, which in, in the past few years, I don't think I've been able to say that. So I'm looking forward to it, and I'm hoping uh, to see a, uh, a Bengals victory. I don't have a prediction per se, but uh, I want to see the Bengals win. No other reason than Mike Thomas get a ring. Absolutely, and it is a, it is a four point line in the game, so the Rams are four point favorites. So if I was going to bet, um, I say this today, that could change between now and Sunday. But I likely would bet on the Rams, given the Bengals. Um, you know, they they've won a few games by a field goal there at the end, so. That kind of you know keeps them underneath the uh, the four point spread there, but it's going to be interesting. I mean, I'm excited to see. My, I hope Mike makes a play. I hope they Mike gets. I hope Mike is the secret weapon this weekend. Game winning touchdown, Mike Thomas calling it right now. Calling the shot. How cool would that be? That'd be awesome. Uh, he's perfectly capable of doing it. How many freakish catches did we see that guy make when he was wearing mm. the black and gold? The one handed snag in the corner of the end zone at, at La Tech. Tech, right? Yeah. yeah. One of the, 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 
Yeah, one of the the better physical like attempts at a catch that was made that I've mm-hmm. seen with these two eyes. There's a lot of times where people would do a one-handed catch, and I'm like, why didn't you just use two hands? That was not one of those times. There was one way to make that catch. It was his one hand, and somehow he pulled it the hell off, and it was awesome. So, yeah, catch Mike Thomas and his Cincinnati Bengals this weekend, 530 uh, Central Time on Sunday. That is February the 13th. Also, get your Valentine's Day stuff as well. You still have a few days to get that knocked out. Um, and all, also in football news this week, they announced that USM and Mississippi Starkville were going to add, uh, renew their series in 2030 and 2031. So we'll uh, at least two of us will be in our 50s at that point. So that's going to be interesting. Um, so our upcoming games with the Bulldogs include uh, in 2023, we play at Startville in 2025. They come to Hattiesburg. They come back to Hattiesburg in 2030 and we return to Startville in 2031. So who knows what the college football landscape will look like nine years from now. Or even the landscape in Startville at night from nine years from now, it may just be one giant steaming cow patty finally. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let's get okay. to some, get some of the sports of the week. We had a couple of basketball games. Jason, give us a, an update on Southern Miss basketball. We did, and I will make the basketball quick this uh, this week. Um, so we played. We had that Florida swing where we go FIU and FAU. Uh, so the first game was versus FIU. We lost that game seventy seven to sixty seven. Honestly, probably one of the better games that we have played all year. Shot the ball well, 48% from the field, 44% from three-point range. We out-rebounded FIU 32-23, to and we only had nine turnovers, which has been our bugaboo the entire season. Um, had to lead most of the game, had to lead late, and just could not close the door. Um, so, unfortunately, we lose that game. Some bright spots were uh, Pierre hit five three-pointers. Scored 21 points total. Stevenson went for another double double with a 21 and 10 performance. I thought Pinkney had a good game as well. He uh, th- that game was actually about 20 miles away from his high school, so it was good for him to have a good showing. Um, but unfortunately, Southern Miss falls uh, to six and 15 overall, one and seven in the conference. FIU goes to 13 and nine. Three and six. And it was really unfortunate because I thought the guys played their hearts out and, and they did a lot of things right. And just, you know, like we said, just couldn't close the door right there at the end. And that leads us to the, the next game of the week, which is first FAU right down the road and lost that game badly. 84 to 57. We looked spent all game. Um, depth probably played a part. And 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 how and how hard we went with the starters versus FIU just trying to get that much needed win. Um, and also FIU is a really good team, so taking nothing away from them. Pierre uh, was a bright spot, right spot yet again with a good night offensively, 19 points, including four of six point from three point range. Pinkney had another good night. He's looking very very aggressive these days with 12 points himself. And Denajay Harris with 10 points. So those three guys scored in double figures. Uh, one of the differences in the game, uh, we hit five three-pointers. FAU hit 11. So it was just kind of a bad night. Um, I thought we followed up a really good night where we ended up with a loss with a really bad night. Um, but unfortunately, we dropped, I, th- I think it's five in a row now. Um, and Southern Miss now sits at 6-16 six and 16 overall, 1-8 and eight in the conference. FAU 14-9 and nine and 7-3. and three. Shane, why don't you bring us up to date in women's basketball? 
Yeah, uh, women's basketball on a much brighter note right now. I'm sorry, Bump, that you have to suffer through this streak of uh, not winning a lot of games because I'm having a blast over here. The Lady Eagles are kicking ass. Uh, Thursday, February 3rd, was the first of three games since the last time we've talked to you. That ended up being a nail-biter 65-64 win for the Lady Eagles over FIU. Uh, Dom Davis hit the jumper at the buzzer to give the Lady Eagles the win in that one. Just absolute ice in her veins pulled up about free throw line range, jumped up, nailed it. Not to be forgotten in that play, Kelsey Jones set an absolute textbook screen to free her up and and let her kind of have some room to make that shot. But just absolute heck of a play by those two. Uh, That was the 11th straight doubles digit scoring game for Dom. She had 15. Uh, Also joining her in double digit scoring was Raquela Gray with 12, Malia Grayson with 11. Uh, then the next game was Saturday, February the 5th. That was a little bit more breathing room. Uh, the ladies walked away from the game with FAU with a 79 to 60 win. Malia Grayson with a career high 32 points in that game also recorded her fifth double double of the season with 32 points and 10 rebounds. Destiny Smith with 13 and Dom Davis with 16. Joyed Grayson as double digit scores. It was the 12th straight game in double digits for Dom. And she has done so in every Conference USA game this season. Uh, Emma Walhoff and Asaji Leak both scored their first Conference USA points, getting in and, and some cleanup time action there at the end of that game. Last but not least uh, for this past week, Monday, yesterday, February the 7th, the ladies get a thrilling win over UTSA with a 60 to 57 overtime victory. Just the entire game was on ESPN Plus, so I watched it was an absolute battle. Uh, Kelsey Jones on the flip side of this one wasn't setting the screen, but she's the one that made the shot with 3.3 seconds left to put the Lady Eagles up for good in overtime. Uh, the Lady Eagles are now 10 and 2 at Reed Green this year. Surprise, surprise, Dom Davis scores 12 points, has her 13th straight double-digit scoring performance. Malia Grayson had 12, Destiny Smith with 10, Kelsey Jones with 10. Uh, Grayson also had a double-double in this game with 12 points and 10 rebounds, making it her sixth of the season. And this win, paired with a UAB loss to North Texas, put the Lady Eagles in sole possession of first place in Conference USA West. Uh, that leads into the next game, which is the only game that the ladies have this season. If you have nothing going on Thursday night, or if you have something going on Thursday night, reschedule it. Get your booties over to Reed Green. Uh, UAB, absolute monster of a game with Conference USA implications. This keep in mind for the Lady Eagles that were picked to be 13th in, in a 14-team league this year who are leading Conference USA, just really playing some good basketball right now. If you're a little fed up with the men, I don't want to bash them, but you still want to support Southern Miss and be happy during basketball season. Start keeping up with these Lady Eagles, man. They're really playing good, good basketball. It's fun. Uh, with those... Performances that Malia Grayson had over the last week, she was named Conference USA Player of the Week. Uh, and then on the day she was named that, she got her second back-to-back double-double. So she's playing some fantastic ball that's a hometown kid there. Uh, got several years in front of her and doing really well. Uh, so that wraps it up 
for the basketball side. Uh, we did have another sport in action. Track was in action uh, Sunday for a one-day tournament, the South Alabama Invitational at the Birmingham Cross Complex in Birmingham, Alabama. Shane? Sorry, I uh, went to clear my throat and didn't want to uh, get everybody there. And then when I hit my cough button, uh, I did not cut it back on. So, DJ Butler, uh, uh, did you did you hear anything I said about track? No. No, but it was super fun watching your mouth move. Oh, cool. Um, <laughs> Sunday, February 6th, the USA Invitational at the Birmingham Cross Complex in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, DJ Butler set a new personal best with a 47.29 second 400 meter. Uh, Lena May uh, won the 3000 and won it by four seconds. Corvell Todd won the high jump. Surprise, surprise. That's his seventh event title. Uh, Fred Mudani also broke his own school record in the shot put. The Eagles had 12 total podium trips over uh, the course of Sunday. Uh, Fred, with his school record breaking shot put, uh, placed third in that match. And the men's four by 400 meter team of Chaldon Butler, Moss and Evans finished third on the ladies side. Trinity Flagler and Trinity Benson uh, placed second and third, respectively, in the 60 meter. Samila Kolbe placed second in the 800 meter. Sandra Spott is second in the mile. Sandra Spott second in the 3000 meter. Ashley Osaji, third in the long jump in the women's four by 400 meter team of Benson, Flagler, Varnell and Colby placed second. Uh, the track team is back in action this weekend, Friday's February 11th. I almost said September for some reason. Let's not go back in time. Friday, <laughs> February 11th and Saturday, February 12th at the Music City Challenge in Nashville. This is the last track meet before the Conference USA Championships in Birmingham on the 19th and 20th of this month. Um, also in action were the men's and women's, win, men's and women's tennis team. Uh, Saturday, February 5th, the women won four to nothing uh, over Jacksonville State in Hattiesburg. It was the 25th straight home win for the Lady Eagles to take them to 2-0 and on this young season. Uh, Alyssa Richter, 6-1-6-4. Ibru Zainab, Yazgan, 6-4-6-1. And Clara Tardeville, 6-2-6-2, picked up the singles wins. Uh, Richter and Yazgan won their doubles match 6-1. Suhana Das and Tardavel won their doubles match 6-2, and the finals three singles match and the last doubles match went unfinished because the Lady Eagles had already secured enough points for the win. Uh, but during the time that those matches went unfinished, the ladies were leading in all of those matches. Uh, through the first two sets of matches for the season, the ladies have yet to concede a point. And then uh, next up is Friday versus Chattanooga in the Berg. And then Sunday, the 13th, versus Sam Houston in Thibodeau, Louisiana. Uh, the men were also in action. The men got back in the victory column, won their 11th straight home opener with a 4-1 to win over Jacksonville State on Saturday the 5th. Uh, Drev Sunish and Shamarel Sharil won their doubles match uh, 6-3. And Alexander Gima and Antoine Audrain won their doubles match 6-4 to secure the doubles point on the single side. 
Sooners got the win, 6-4-6-4. Almajan Nabiv dropped his first set and then won the second two, 6-4-6-1. And Christopher Kahur sealed the win with a three-set match. Uh, that moves the men to 1-1 one and 0-1 one and and one in Conference USA action. If you remember, they started the season uh, with a loss against Middle Tennessee. Uh, next up, Saturday the 12th, UT Chattanooga uh, at 2 o'clock. Uh, not in action yet, but starting this week, finally, we are to softball season. Uh, we'll see what these uh, heralded recruits that came in for the softball team will do. Uh, hopefully, we have a strong season there on 4th Street. But <clears throat> the ladies will be hosting, hosting the Black and Gold Invitational. Uh, they'll be playing in that uh, Friday, the 11th, versus North, Al- North Alabama at 4.30, and then again versus St. Louis at 7.00. And then Saturday, the 12th, versus Samford at 1 o'clock and North Alabama at 4. And then on Sunday, they'll wrap up their tournament with a 1 o'clock match for Samford. Uh, Destiny Brown and Tata Davis were named to the Conference USA preseason team today. Uh, Monster seasons from them last year. So uh, excited to see what they've got going on. Uh, And then... Up this week in front of us, we've got men's golf and women's golf starting their seasons. Uh, Monday the 14th and Tuesday the 15th, the men are at the Mobile Sports Authority at Magnolia Grove at Robert Trent Jones. Uh, There's a lot of ats in there. Uh, That one's hosted by (laughs) South Alabama. And then the women are also in action. They start Sunday the 13th and play through Tuesday the 15th at the Tulane Classic, hosted by Chad Brownstein. Thank you, Chad, for hosting that tournament. Uh, We appreciate it. Uh, the USA tournament was a mile and a half long. Tulane, nah, Chad's got this one. It's cool. Uh, but that is a Tulane tournament, and that leaves only one more spring sports uh, that has yet to kick off after the end of this week. And by the end of the month, beach volleyball will be in action. Um, yeah, I think that covered it. Everything that uh, that I had to say. All right. Do you guys have any shout outs? I've got that was a well-deserved food, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I want to give a couple shout outs. Number one, I wanted to give a shout out to Kirk Overby. He took advantage of the BetUS promo code TTTT200 uh, with the Bitcoin and, and, and has had a really good run lately, he told us. So congrats to Kirk. Get rich, my man. It's awesome. I uh, wanted to give a shout out to, you know, uh, and Rick made mention of one of these couples. Um, uh, uh, Jeff, um, so Jeff Donaldson and, and his lovely wife now, uh, Christina, they moved here from St. Louis because their son Cole uh, play, played on the team for, for quite a while. <clears throat> and uh, so Catherine Adams and Jeff Donaldson had birthdays recently. I wasn't able to make the little shindig that they had at sidelines, but uh, definitely look forward to seeing them soon out in the roost. And the last shout out, what I just I just typed in, shout out to Shane. Holy crap, that was a really good update, man. You're really a pro at it, and uh, well done, sir. Um, I feel like I'm getting better at some of these names. Uh, I still apologize if I'm just trashing folks' names. I don't mean to be, but uh, uh, some of them. Now that I've been doing this for a little while, uh, I'm familiar with it's it's just a little hard for my stupid brain. The first time I see a name that's not John to read it. <laughs> Shane, do you have any shout outs? Uh, shout out to Mr. Rick Maddox. Uh, Absolutely. Awesome. Oh. Always. 
awesome episode that I look forward to personally every year because I just learn a bunch about what's going on with baseball. Uh, but uh, he's awesome guy. Always enjoyed hanging out with him and the crew out there and the roost. And, uh, and that, that was fantastic segment earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, thanks to Mark Maddox for uh, getting Mr. Rick hooked up with, uh, with Skype so we could have this conversation tonight. Right. Uh, hey, and, that, and, don't, and don't forget your, uh, your whiskey thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. That too. Um, I went with all wild turkey tonight. I just got a new wild turkey that I was excited about, so I wanted to start off with that, and then I just couldn't go downhill from there. I had to to keep it going with some cool stuff. Uh, started off with a pour of wild turkey father and son, which is a uh, it, it was supposed to be like a duty free shop exclusive, but then COVID hit, so uh, now you can can I, I ordered this bottle with some friends from a uh, retailer in the United Kingdom, so they sent bourbon to england and then uh we bought it and they sent it back to us and we're next door to kentucky so that makes a whole lot of sense (laughs) Uh, i don't know that once it's out of the barrel and in the bottle it tastes any better traversing oceans but uh fine tasting whiskey uh it's a lower proof whiskey which a lot of wild turkey's older stuff uh for years they had had problems losing proof and, and their flagship is 101 proof. It's Wild Turkey 101. So they don't necessarily need the crazy high proofs that some of these other distilleries do. But they had a problem with losing proof, especially with older whiskey. Uh, so this one's 86 proof, which is a lot lower than stuff I normally drink. But it's got a ton of flavor. Uh, it, it just doesn't have that that pop from the, the high alcohol there. Um, and then moved on to a Wild Turkey Masters Keep 1, which is the latest release in that series. Uh, it's a toasted barrel finish, so it's kind of desserty, marshmallowy uh, deliciousness. And then that last little thump there, uh, I was motivated by some guys that I'm in a Facebook group with around here uh, earlier today. We're posting pictures of a bunch of vintage wild turkey. Uh, so I knew I had to drink some at some point so I could post my picture, too. I didn't, you know, major FOMO, didn't want to get left out of the fun. Uh, so I had me a pour of some 1981 wild turkey 101 eight year. Um, and, uh, there's, there's not a whole lot of that one left. Uh, it's whiskey as old as I am and, uh, it's, it tastes a lot better than me. I'll have to give a, uh, a shout out to my mom. Today's her birthday. Happy birthday, mom. I know you're not listening, but, uh, mm. you know, happy birthday, happy birthday. Um, definitely shout out to reiterate the shout out to Rick, my old, uh, my favorite baseball coach that I ever had. Um, I had two of them, I think. So, uh, he is, he's second from last or first, depending on how you look at it. Um, I almost said something when, uh, when Bump said something along the lines of he was old enough to know the guys that are coaching these kids that are playing for Southern Miss now. And I wanted to be like, well, I mean, Rick coached Jamie and T-ball. So what you trying to say? <laughs> Fair point. I, I think we've mentioned it in the past, but, uh, gotta give another shout out to a, a friend of the show, Haley Hunter, formerly of WJTV. She is, out covering the Olympics. Our little girl is all grown up now. So shout out to her. Um, she's doing a great job. Very nice. There for uh, for co- covering for NBC. So congratulations to her on that. Oh, one last little tidbit about football we didn't mention earlier. I uh, just kind of wanted to throw it out there because I saw it today. It was an ESPN article that was uh, ranking teams uh, returning production 
for the season. And Southern Miss was actually ranked seventh in the country, returning 85% of our total team production from last year. That's 86% of our offensive production and 83% of our defensive production. So couple that with uh, the the boatload of transfers and signees that are on campus for the spring. And hold on, Bump, it's time to get excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed this. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk. I could play for Alabama, USC, or Notre Dame. You have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi puts you all to shame. I was born here in Hattiesburg, never ventured far away. When it comes to playing football, here in Eagle Heaven is where I'm gonna stay. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, RLSU. You play a good game of football, but Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you. season is over and done the fans here in Hattiesburg will be proud of what we've done I could play for the Georgia Bulldogs Florida State or Tennessee but I chose Southern Mississippi and right here at home is where I'll always be I could play for Alabama USC our Notre Dame, you have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi puts you all to shame. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, or LSU. You play a good game of football, but Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you. season is over and done all your teams with famous names will see we're number one ask mississippi state ask mississippi state call katie case bailey with dunbar real estate for all of your real estate needs katie case bailey realtor extraordinaire something to show something to list something to sell call today at 601-408-9980 